0: You're listening to Ottawa's Baseball Show. It's Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante and Mike Nellis on CKDJ 1079, home of the Ottawa champions. Welcome to the October 8th edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. Joined to my right is uh, my co-host for this show on this uh, beautiful afternoon here at the station it is adron chambers of the ottawa champions former saint louis cardinal world series champion in 2011 is uh here with me adron uh, happy to have you and welcome to the show for
1: sure I, I got a question for you where did you get the diamond dante from where did that come
0: from you want to know i do um it was so i was in high school i was grade 12 i i used to be a shoe shine boy okay back in the day i was working at the barber shop shining shoes on the street my uncle was too no way yeah he was good. Showed me some skills. You know how to shine shoes? A little bit. I know how to shine shoes too. I what just, do, you I, use, uh, I, I, do you use? Do you use the brush or the cloth? Toothbrush. I just use a toothbrush. I I only got to the toothbrush, <laughs> like a little bit, like when I got better. Yeah. So um, CTV, um, in Ottawa, did a feature on me twice, on their morning show about the, uh, being a shoe shine boy. I never had the name, right? And when they recorded it and stuff like that, they asked me about the shoeshine box that I had. And the shoeshine box was uh, my grandfather's from Italy, right? He gave it to me and stuff like that. Okay. And they knew just to make my story sound a little bit better that they had to put something different in there. So I'm watching. I'm like, okay, when is it going to air? So I'm watching TV and the caption comes up. It says, Diamond Dante, shoeshine boy, House (laughs) of Barons, And I'm like... What? Like, all my friends are watching, like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Like, you know, like, this is crazy. And and then not only that, there was uh, just hearing the guy saying, Diamond Dante, you know, that does this, this, and that. And I was just like, this is crazy. You're so stuck. then, so I go to work the next day, right? I'm walking to work. People on the street diamond, just diamond. started coming up to me. I <laughs> swear to God. Oh, yeah, that, that was crazy. That's what's people, up. People on the street were coming up to me, bro. That's what's happening
1: there. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Nice story.
0: Yeah, it's a good story, but... Of course, you're gonna be on for the full hour, uh asking Albert Cartwright some questions. He's gonna come on in our next segment to talk a little bit of uh about That's,
1: his career. That was really one of my favorite teammates being in Ottawa, man. Albert, Albert Cartwright. Yeah, man. He the way he went about his game was so nonchalant and so peaceful. You know, it just looks like he can do anything he wanted to do on the, on the baseball field, man. I really hope one time I hope I get to play with him again, man, because you like playing next around year around, maybe. Yeah, you like playing around those type of in the major leagues, but uh, yeah. Oh, he, in the majors, he, he's a uh, he's a phenomenal player, phenomenal person, man, and uh, I really had a great time with him and a lot of the other guys. You know what I'm saying? I I, I grew some. Some great relationships with the cats, but you know, what about Coker, the ones that
0: are still here? Coker, Boucher.
1: Oh, Mo, Coker was uh, he was my roommate, so uh, we did a lot of yoga together. A lot oh, of yeah, meditation. he likes it, yeah, a lot of meditation. And Sebastian, he was a uh, you know, the hitting leader, so you know, it was uh, and then a player coach. So I never played on a team that had a player coach before, so that was kind of nice to be around. And and uh, our man, our skip man, it, it was it was uh, it was a lot of fun, man, a lot of fun,
0: and also uh, Adron. Uh, Big win, or big World Series win, or not, I can't say, sorry, not World Series win, Mm -hmm. but uh, a big moment. World Series to us. World Series to us. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Uh, You guys ended up winning the championship. Uh, I know that you had said a a nice speech to to the team after the game. I seen it on the (laughs) Snapchat, you know? And you had said to the guys that, going into their building, I never would have thought that we would have done what we did. Yeah. And... Not you, that. you faced Adversary twice. You faced it with the Cardinals in 2011, right. and you also faced it here in Ottawa.
1: Right, right. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, in, in some form, uh, I kind of feel like, you know, that's kind of like my, you know, uh, uh, my life in a nutshell a little bit. You know, you kind of go through uh, some minor setbacks, and then you make a major comeback. You know what I'm saying? So it uh, it was uh, it was a, a, it was nice to be able to win that, but the way we did it, how we did it, the conversations we had in the locker room that nobody knows about. The You know I mean? The guys that were going through a little bit, you know what I'm saying? In their minds that, you know, as a team, we collectively was like, you know, hey, look, you know, pushing each other to, to make it. So, I mean, the my, it didn't look, uh, 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 you know, had all the glamour of a world championship game. But as a team, we knew that that was a world champion. We, we knew we were the best. We thought we were the best. And, uh, you know, I think no matter what kind of title you put on it, you have that kind of attitude you know you're a world champion
0: and that's going to wrap up this first segment of around the diamond uh running a little bit short we have a lot to come in the show coming up next we will be joined with albert cartwright uh talking about playing uh, in the world baseball classic a great talk with him and followed by that uh we'll be talking with uh, sportsnet's tao of steve and then to finish things off adron chambers and myself are going to touch on uh the Blue Jays playoffs, a couple of the wildcard games, and uh, everything that's going on in the major leagues. That's all coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKDJ
2: 107.9. Hi, this is 2nd Baseman Albert Cartwright from the Ottawa Champion Baseball Club. You're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9.
0: Welcome back to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Ottawa's new music. Joined with me to my right is Adron Chambers of the Ottawa Champions. He is today's co-host. And joining me over the phone (laughs) is Albert Cartwright, all the way from Florida. Albert, welcome to the show, and I hope everything's going well down there.
2: Yeah, it's it's a little rain, a little wind, but everything's fine, man. Everyone's safe. That's all you can ask for.
0: That's good to hear. So, uh, Albert, what a playoff run for you guys with the Ottawa Champions. You ended up uh, coming back from being down 2-0. Did you ever think, uh, especially for yourself, that going into Rockland's building, that you had I mean, such a good chance to, to end up you know, eventually taking them down and winning the whole thing?
2: No, nah, that wasn't even uh, – after we got down 3-0, man, it was like, we're here, we might as well see what we could do, try to make it interesting, and then we won one game, turned into another game, and then guys started believing, and we, and we did it.
1: Yeah, yeah. My question was, uh, you know, what, what, what was the difference from the team when you, at the beginning of the season, spring training, and the guys? You know, what I'm saying you've seen them develop and all that kind of stuff. What did you see the difference from the beginning to the end? For us, uh, for us winning that that championship.
2: I think guys, guys at the beginning was kind of going through the motions. They didn't, they didn't. I don't know if they believed we had a good enough team to. Uh, to pull it off. Um we had some some guys keep going and we had some guys coming, uh so it was kinda diverse in the locker room. Um we had some key pieces came in, we kinda set the tone and, and put leadership in the locker room and I think from there as we get guys to lead the locker room it, it, it just went from the clubhouse to the ticket it onto
3: the field.
0: Now, Albert, I want to go back to to the beginning of your career. You were drafted by the Mets in the forty third round in two thousand and six. You ended up declining, then were drafted eventually by the Houston Astros. What was the reason for you know you kind of uh, elected to go to college instead of being uh, being drafted at the age of eighteen?
2: Well, I was I was I was pretty young then. I I didn't really know much about baseball. Coming uh, from the Bahamas, we only had one guy that that was an affiliate baseball at that point. Um, but they told me as they got drafted, they told me they want to send me. To, uh Dominican Summer League and I was kinda intimidated because I couldn't speak Spanish. Hmm. So I elected to go to uh college for one year and, and try to try to try to stay in the States basically because I was I was kinda scared to go to a uh, to a different place with uh no one speaking English basically and um that's why I declined and went to college for one year.
1: Was was that the draft and follow thing they got?
2: Yeah, uh as I declined then they then they mentioned the draft and follow was, that was the last year they did it. Uh they actually after I did the draft and follow, um I went to college for one year and decided to go back in the outfield and they decided to uh to go a different direction.
1: <clears throat> okay, my question. Uh again I'm I'm giving you I'm gonna give you a little taste of my own you know judgment of this I think you're a wonderful mm-hmm. wonderful ball player you know what I'm saying I think you can mm-hmm. play in the major leagues anywhere my question to you is is do you think that you know I know you you was over in the classic you just won a championship with us in Ottawa you know you already know how I feel I think I want to know mm-hmm. how do you, how do you, do you think that you know what I'm saying that that your career is gonna keep on going mm-hmm. or what do you feel about you know what I'm saying because how do you not eight I mean 29. 28, 28. 28 20, you know 29. what I mean? So you have a, you have a, my birthday tomorrow too, matter of fact, but you have a, you have a lot of, you got a lot of, uh, you still got a lot of years, man, to me, you know what I mean? Just talking as a young man, mm-hmm. you know, do you, do you consider yourself as uh, trying to get back into playing major league baseball?
2: Yeah, that's, that's, that's the goal. Um, I think during the year you have, you have, you have some stretches where you kind of fall into that, uh, to that, uh, to that place that certain place where you don't think that things are gonna work out how you want how you want it to work out but um I definitely had times during the year when I said uh this this just might be my major leagues you know playing in uh, for the Ottawa champions um and that's that's where I think I went I kind of struggled for a bit because I kind of went through the motions um I wasn't playing for a purpose um and I think as we got later on in the year as you got later well as we got the last couple months of the season that I somehow find that uh, that purpose. I know we we had a talk, maybe two weeks left for the season. Uh, we had a talk. We had a good talk for in the dugout. Um, where you just gave me that gave me that, that purpose, gave me that drive and to, to believe in myself again. Because there's definitely times where I didn't didn't think I could get back to the major leagues, but you never know.
1: You never know. Mm-hmm. As, that's why I even. As, long as I, go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah. As, I know, and and you mentioned that to me. That's why. I mean, I'm gonna play this, play the game as long as I, I could play it, the high, the high level I could play it in. Uh, and, um, you just never know. You, I'll see where it takes me. Uh, I do, I do wish to get back in the affiliate. I do wish to play Major League Baseball. I think I have a lot of years left. So, I'm gonna just play hard and, and hopefully it happens.
1: That's why I asked that question, though, because I do see that. And then then at the same time, you know what I mean? Me being, I mean, even this interview right here, Mm -hmm. Dante was talking about, man, you you can do the radio thing. I don't know. My mind is like, you know, you can do whatever you put your mind to, and I can just, when when you see ability, when you see potential, when you see these things, a lot of times, you know, no matter what the person may be looking at, it's all about what, the actual, you know, the body, the, the the guy that has the potential, what he thinks, you know what I'm saying? So it was yeah. kind of a way for me to kind of get inside of your brain a little bit because, you know what I mean, I, I respect you a whole lot. I think you're a brother of mine, and, you know, I only want to see you prosper and all that kind of stuff, you know. I appreciate that, man. For sure.
0: So, Albert, I want to ask you about uh, – almost one of your best friends, and that's Antoine Richardson, the one of the first players from the Bahamas to ever make the Major Leagues. Um, almost the same type of player as you, except he's a switch hitter and he's an outfielder. But this is a guy that it seems like mm-hmm. just from what you've said to me on the field that he's been a huge mentor to you, not only on the field but off the field, and it's someone that you've looked up to uh, your whole career and your whole life. I mean, how big was it on, not only to meet him and learn from him but to eventually uh, become one of your best friends? Well, it's, I mean, at, at
2: that time I was growing up, there was only – a select guys that, that that played affiliate that had that opportunity to play affiliate. So to being able to reach out to Antonio, he kind of mentored me, molded me into the, into the man I am today, uh, kind of took me to the routes of how this, uh, pro ball thing works. Um, but it's cool. It's cool. Coming from a small place and having someone to, uh, to look up to and kind of take you to the, to the routes you're going to go to is, is definitely a big help in my life. Um, uh,
1: we're definitely still friends now, and uh, and I consider him a brother. That that cat that uh, the the guy we're talking about, Richardson. I met him. I was in Buffalo when he was with the Triple team, I think, uh, with the Yankees. Yeah, I'm guessing the Yankees. Yeah, I think yeah, that was, that was sure. right. And uh, I mean, he he fast as I don't know what, but that boy can run. Like, what are the things when you say you know you look up to and think what? Like, what are the couple of the things that you take? <clears throat> Out of his game that you try to apply, or kind of just see the similarities in your game. What do you? What What is it that he's doing or he's saying that you able to take and say, okay, I like this guy. This guy right here is <clears throat> on my side.
2: Right, right. Um, it's, it's it's just normal normal activity, normal daily life. Go take it into baseball. Um, the first one of the first things he ever told me is that uh, don't really worry about what everyone else thinks. Um, because you know when you get do some things a certain way, and and most of the guys just follow that one guy, and they don't know if it's right or wrong. Right. So he kind of like he kind of like molded me into that into, into thinking that yo, I need to be my own person. Um, even though when you get in the minor league, don't fall into the trap of just following everyone and doing what everyone else is doing. Um, just be your own person, or play hard, and you never know where it's gonna go
1: from there. You sound like me. It sounds like you, Atron. All right.
2: I do. do. Are pretty similar,
1: actually. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, and, and he seemed like it when I met him. Uh, we was in the batting cage, matter of fact. He he, he seemed like a very humble cat, you know, and was all about business, all about working. You know, when you seeing a brother. You know what I'm saying, doing the thing, and, <clears throat> excuse me, he looked just like you. It. It's kind of, you want that kind of, you want it to prosper, you know. You want yeah. him to do well, you know what I mean? Because, you know, in reality, yeah. you don't see a lot of brothers playing baseball no more in a lot of places, no. whether it's Canada or anywhere. So, you know, to, just to hear the things that you're saying about him, you know, hopefully we have more guys like that come through and really try to produce and, and really elevate, you know what I'm saying, our minds, you know what I mean, elevate it more than just the game of baseball because, obviously, he's teaching you way more than just what the baseball can do for you. He's telling you yep. to think about yourself, you know, you do that in everyday life,
0: you know what I'm saying? You have to. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's true, so it
2: just, it just passes on to the to the next guy. So basically basically he taught me to uh he t- he actually took care of me um whenever whenever we go out or whatever we do if I need something, he uh he take care of it and it basically passes on to the next guy. That's that's younger than me, and hopefully, I could that I could show that guy that he needs to pass it on to the next guy that's coming up, so we could keep it as a trend. You know, keep it going.
1: Think about it. You know, everything that we've learned in life, you know, (laughs) everybody in this world, we've learned it from somebody. Whether it's tying our shoes or anything, everything. So long as you're reinforcing that positive, that strong ability, that will to people, you know, that's how you're supposed to. You're supposed to share it and keep it going. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree with you.
0: So, we're going to keep Albert Cartwright on the line uh, coming into our third segment as uh, myself and Adron Chambers uh, will ask him a little bit more questions about his career and also uh, some of his role models going down the road. That's all here coming up next on Around the Diamond on CKAJ.
2: Hi, right, this is second baseman Albert Cartwright from the Ottawa Champion Baseball Club. You're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ
0: 107.9. So, off Adron's question, um, <laughs> With Antoine, of course, you had a chance to play with him at the World Baseball Classic qualifiers, which unfortunately you guys uh, lost uh, in the final game to, I believe, it was Israel. Um, Israel has some guys yeah, actually. Adrian, I don't know if you remember, it was uh, Jason Marquise. Did you play with him? I
1: heard that name, Marquise. He was, a matter of fact, he was in, uh, he was in Pensacola for a little while. Was mm-hmm. so he was playing with. Was he with Cincinnati?
0: Uh, he was actually with the Cardinals for yes. a bit. Or
1: might have been with the Cardinals, too, then. I, know, I, I, remember, I remember that guy. I remember his, he, did, I remember.
0: He, he did play in Cincinnati,
2: too, I think. That's so. what
1: I thought, in the AA. He was in the yeah. AA in Cincinnati. I seen him at a nightclub one night, and we walked past each other, and we kind of <laughs> chatted it up. <laughs> for real. For real. Back when I first seen him earlier in my <laughs> minor league career, he was kind of a big guy. He was kind of skinny. I guess I might have got big or something like that, yeah. but
0: he was kind of fit. He's a veteran. Yeah, yeah. He's been around for a little while, I So. Guess. Uh, Albert, he had pitched in that game. Th- I believe thirty-eight years old and pitched pretty well. Of course, your guy uh, also pitched pretty well uh, up to that point. So, um, I believe it was the guy that was pitching for you was uh, AAA with the Rangers. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, he was. He was in AAA with the Rangers. So you but guys, the guy that pitching in the, hmm.
0: the
2: guy that in the championship game was just a, a European, um, just a European player that, that came in and just pitched five strong innings, but. Uh, with the rules rules in the World Baseball Classic and you
0: have the pitch limit you had to come out of the game unfortunately yeah 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 I I, I, I was watching the game Albert and I was wondering why they had to take him out and then you had brought in your bullpen and uh, the rest is history from there but I mean what was it like to to bond with not only guys from your country but guys from uh, just other Mm -hmm. countries because your team was Great Britain itself obviously uh, a couple other countries mixed Mm -hmm. in there what was it like to play with a a whole group of guys playing for uh, one I guess you could say country well
2: it, it, it's definitely a different experience when, you, when you're when playing for a country. You're representing a, a whole country on, on the front of that jersey. But um, having, having nine guys from the Bahamas on that on that uh, baseball team, like I said, uh, in 2012, it was pretty special just to have the opportunity to actually play with, with someone from where I'm from. So I said that was one of my proudest moments as a baseball player. And Just coming yeah. out there with, with nine other Bahamans on the same team, it was definitely a great experience. Uh, it was kind of young. So, so it didn't. We didn't get the results that we wanted to, but um, it was a great experience.
1: That's something I think about all the time. I ain't gonna lie. It's playing for my city or my country or playing for a, a people. You know what I mean? That's uh, that's what's up, man. I, I mean, when I first heard about it in the locker room, when the season was over here, you know, I was kind of jealous a little bit. I was like, man, how you <laughs> get to go playing classic like that, man? I need to come with you,
0: <laughs> but. Well, yeah, we should sign the paper so you can go play hey, for the Bahamas. It's all good, yeah. whatever.
1: I don't care. I go to Israel. I ain't never been to Israel. I go play wherever. You know, I just want to <laughs> I just want to experience, you know what I mean? I, I bet you that was uh, that was a, a lot of fun to be – because you get the respect. People see that. Like you said, that name on the front of your jersey, yeah. people see that. You know what I mean? People yeah. see that you playing for this country. They're going to pay attention, you know. So it kind of gives you a chance to kind of, you know, do what you
0: can do. You know what I mean? So, Albert, my question is uh, to you on this one. What was the difference – for you, uh, you you had spent twenty fourteen with Reading in Double A. What was the difference for you coming from the affiliated ball ranks over to independent ball? What was the, how was the transition like for you at least?
2: Uh, I think I think it's pretty similar because I mean, you have a lot of guys that are in indie ball that play affiliated ball. Um, some guys didn't have the opportunity to play as long as as they can. Um, some guys just it was just a numbers thing. So I think it wasn't it wasn't that much of a difference. Um, I think. It wasn't that much of a difference. I just think um, that the guys didn't have an opportunity. So I think everyone should be – it's a good league to play in. Um, and it's just baseball. It just, you just got to go out there and compete after it's all said and done. Um, and that's pretty much it.
1: My 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 uh, opinion about it is, you know, and it's great baseball, like you said. A lot of those guys, you know, they have been to the minor leagues, to the major leagues and things like that. Myself, you know, being – I think a lot of time it's going back to what you said earlier. A lot of times, you know, when you're playing in front of 50,000 people and you got a $25,000 check coming in every two weeks, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of it. Kind of gives you purpose to get up in the morning, A little bit. I ain't saying money should be the reason, but, yeah, or fifty thousand people, but it kind of gives you a reason to kind of get up. You can kind of buy somebody to get up for you. you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know, in the independent, you know, what I'm saying leagues, you know, you, you, you don't really. We didn't have that many people. I mean, it was a good turnout in the playoffs for us, but they said the the fans weren't there. You know what I mean? You're not really getting paid a lot of money. You don't really get the same treatment. So you kind of tend to go through the motions. It ain't that. The only difference from the major leagues in Ottawa to me was that, you know, you have guys that's really dialed in to the game. They really trust in their curveball. They really trust in their ability to hit. They really trust in the ability to steal bases where you know in Ottawa sometimes you can kind of get kind of shaky you know what i mean you kind of i mean we had you know some great ball players. look at our shortstop you know what i mean in the in the he he the, the beginning of the season of Ottawa they say he was terrible you know, yeah and then you look in the playoffs he was one of the best players we had playoff beck you know what i mean he was the best player so i think it's just that intensity level of being able to turn it on and say you know what no matter where i'm at I'm going to show you my tricks, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I was happy that, mean, Bic was a big part of, you know, why we won. So, I mean, I agree with you on that. It's it's about, you know what I'm saying, not worrying about necessarily where you at. And I think about that all the time coming through the minor leagues, wishing, why am I not in the major leagues? Why am I in the minor leagues? I know I can be there. If you don't tend to think about that kind of stuff, things usually happens, you know what I'm saying? But the more and more you think about Know what I'm saying? I can't play. Or I'm not as good as I used to be. You know, you kind of setting yourself up for the failure. Go okay, ahead. You about to say something?
0: Hey, Albert. You about
2: to say something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. Uh, it's it's so much. It's so much things in affiliate ball that that you tend to think of but you can't control. Right. And um. And then you just fall into you just fall into that trap when you start to think about it. I know I was in double A. Halfway the year, All Star Game, and I started to think, "Well, I'm still in Double A, and you know, it just went all, all, it just went all down the drain after that. Right. Started to struggle, and I started to just fall in that trap where I can't put it back together, and then end up having an average season. What I think is um, you just got to take 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 control of the stuff you got to take control of.
1: When, when just let my bad. I keep, I keep on trying to interrupt you. My bad. Go ahead. <laughs>
2: And just let let everything take care of itself, man. Because uh, stuff you can't control, you can't control. So it doesn't make any sense thinking about
1: it. One of one of my secrets was always telling myself I was in the major league. So even if I was in Quad Cities, well, it's not a secret anymore. I just told myself, you know, I'm a I'm a major league ball player. You know what <laughs> I mean? I was like, I don't care about these cats. I mean, I'm gonna be a team player, but. I'm yeah. at a major league ball player, you know what I mean. So that was on my mind at all times. Even in Memphis, Tennessee, you know we had a big old clock with a cardinal on it. Yeah. I told myself that was St. Louis, so that prepared me, that helped me. So when I did get to St. Louis, I kind of feel like that helped me too yeah. on a lot of my right. success because it helped me understand that it didn't matter where I was, you still got to throw that fastball right here, and I'm gonna slap it right back to you. You, know what I mean? so right. you had to, you got, you gotta program yourself that way to me.
0: Um And Albert, I want to, just based on Adron's question and, and Daniel Bick and everything, I want to ask you about how big Kenny Bryant was to this team. Of course, Adron, you only ha- had ch- played with him for, uh, for a short amount of time. But Albert, you had the chance to play with Kenny Bryant for the whole season. And he was a guy that you guys didn't have last year. No lie about it. You can't say anything about it. You guys didn't have Kenny Bryant. He was a big part to this team driving in runs. What did he mean not only to your team on the field, but off the field, but also in the playoffs to hit that big home run in Game Five?
2: Uh, he, he was—he was big, man. Uh, he had some—he had some big opportunities in the playoffs, and, and which we needed him to get a hit or get an RBI, and he did that. Um, I think at the beginning of the year, um, he struggled because he had to get comfortable with the new team and come to a new place, and he was finally able to get comfortable, and then you, you see what he can do. Um, he has great power, and he, he was a big big influence in the clubhouse and as I could say, like we had we had no guys in that clubhouse where we could say, all right, this this guy doesn't belong here or mm-hmm. this guy shouldn't be here. It was a pretty pretty relaxed team. Um I think we all we all got along together and it's and it showed on the field.
1: He sure got some power, but I didn't know he had it like that, but he got some sock for yeah. real. Kenny Bryant? Oh man.
0: Hey did you know that yeah. uh just from both you it was you know before this year and actually, before last year, Kenny Bryant was, was a slapper. He was a slap hitter. He wasn't a home run guy. So he came to Ottawa and said, I'm going to hit home runs. It you? was well Sussex last year. He had oh. 10. It was um, one, of his, uh, one of his mentors, I guess you could say. was uh, uh, Who was the guy in the Sussex last year that Albert, who, hit, uh, who had a lot of power, played in the major leagues? Uh,
2: Sussex last year that played
0: in the major leagues? He plays on Winnipeg Any now. Idea?
2: Oh, oh, Abercrombie. Abercrombie.
0: Abercrombie. Oh, yeah. So Abercrombie had said to Kenny Bryan and said, he's like, stop, you know, stop slapping that stuff the other way. Stop slapping it. That's not the type of guy you are. Just drive that ball. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened this year. Um, But I guess, uh, Albert, I want to ask you before we go, um, a big question that I've been thinking about is, what what was your favorite part of the season? Other than winning the championship, other than walking off the field as uh, the final team on top, what was... Your favorite part of the season?
2: Um I can't really say I have a favorite part of the season because um as as you as you wake up in the morning and realize that you have you get to play baseball every day for a job. I mean that's pretty that's pretty special regardless of where you're playing at. Um so just being able to wake up every day and play baseball and, and being able to stay healthy for most of the season, um that's pretty special for me.
0: Well, there you go. Very special uh Interview here with Albert Cartwright. Hey Albert. Um also we uh, we wish you all the best in the off season uh, in in all your plans uh with the restaurant as well. I know that you do have a restaurant and also um, and I
1: will be coming too. <laughs> and you're going to be coming hey, back man, to hit me up, bro. for for sure. I got your number. I'm going to be calling you dog man. It's good to hear from you brother.
0: Same to you man. And uh also we I hope uh, yeah, we hope you're fa- uh, safe with the uh, hurricane as well Albert. I
2: appreciate that, man. Y'all, y'all guys have a
0: good one. All right, be easy. Peace and love, man. That was Albert Cartwright of the Ottawa Champions and won an interview with myself and Adron Chambers interviewing Albert Cartwright, one of the only uh, bohemian players uh, to play professional baseball and what a story uh, he had to tell. But coming up next, I will be talking with Taub Steve from Sportsman.ca about the Jays playoff run and a big wildcard game just a few days ago. That's all here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9.
2: Hi, this is Daniel Cordero from the Ottawa Champions Baseball Club. And you are listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ
0: 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. Joining me over the phone is uh, Toronto Blue Jays writer and analyst here on Around the Diamond, I guess you could say. Taub Steve from Sportsnet joins us. How are you doing today?
3: I'm doing well, Dante. Great to talk to you.
0: And I guess we can start things off with saying, "Wow, that game was absolutely bananas." The uh, game, one obviously the first wild card game uh, of the playoffs, of course that was topped off with Madison Bumgarner going nine shutout innings. Of course, you had a, you watched the the whole game. What did you think of uh, just the atmosphere of the crowd at Rogers Center and just uh, the way everything played out? Uh,
3: definitely, with the wild card, uh, it was uh, it was certainly anxiety. Uh, and and maybe even nausea, I think that I was feeling through most of that game as a fan. Um, but you know I mean just uh, great to see uh, such a such a, uh, a good turnout and certainly seeing you know uh, the way that the Jays played in that wild card game and then uh, how they played in game one versus the Rangers um, for a team that looked really uh, uh, really, I guess sort of sleepy and tired uh, for much of the month of September just to see how much spring there was in their step and how much uh, enthusiasm they played with that was that was great fun too
0: and of course you speak of the wild card game it was it was one that we didn't think everybody was kind of talking about that the Jays wouldn't score any runs and it was uh, or it was going to be an offensive showcase Baltimore knows how to hit the ball out of the bar par- ballpark they did with Mark Trumbo that wasn't enough to put them on top. It was Edwin Encarnacion hitting a walk-off. Uh, let's start off with your re- initial reaction. Uh, obviously, you had posted on Twitter uh, saying that you had jumped right off your couch and you were going to scream and everything like that, but you had to kind of hold things back a little bit.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, I had a daughter who was sleeping upstairs. and so I, uh, <laughs> I. But I also, too, I think it's almost a moment of disbelief. And, you know, for Blue Jays fans, you spent 21... 21- 22 years uh, living and remembering the Joe Carter home run and, and that really being the last really great moment of, uh, of the Blue Jays, the last sort of transcendent moment uh, to have two of those home runs in two years, uh, it, it suddenly recognize that you're in a moment that you're always going to remember. So, you know, I'll always remember where I was and uh, when Jose Bautista hit his home run, which was actually in my car, uh, watching it on my phone. And, wow. and I'll always, I'll always remember uh, that moment of of, uh, of Edwin hitting that uh, that home run. That, uh, that was great. And hopefully, there's going to be uh, even more memorable moments uh, yet to come in this postseason.
0: Sportsnet's Talve Steve joined this, uh, joined. Uh, with us here on Around the Diamond. I want to ask you about Marcus Stroman's start. Now, a little bit of disbelief coming into this one. Of course, people had were kind of saying, oh, you should have started Lariano. This was obviously before uh, the first wild card game. And it worked out in the Blue Jays' favor both ways because Stroman pitched six solid innings. He did his job. The bullpen came in and did their job. But also Lariano came in and helped... Uh the team when Osuna had ended up going down uh with that injury, so I guess it, it almost put those uh those haters and those uh disbelievers uh words in the or shoved the words back into their mouths at least
3: yeah, I mean there were i i you know I get a lot of sort of weird angry uh tweets sent at me on twitter and and there were people who thought, well, there you go, this is the blue Jays, this is how they're gonna end their season because they've made this terrible decision to go with Stroman. Over uh, Liriano, I would have preferred Liriano to start and Stroman to come in as soon as there was uh, a, a need for it. But uh, having said that, I, I I don't think that the the choice between the two was so great, and uh, I wanted to see both of those pitchers in the game. And in, and in the end, they both came in. They both pitched really well. Um, I think Stroman pitched a little differently than he had. For most of the season, uh, in the sense that uh, I think that he was uh, staying down in the zone a lot better than he had. Um, uh, he had some great movement on his pitches. And I, I think that one of the things with Stroman uh, was that he maybe, and I'd have to go back and check uh, check what his his pitches were in that uh, in that game. But I do feel like he narrowed his repertoire a little bit. Um, uh, sticking more with uh, pitching off the fastball. Um, and, you know, I think just really kind of kept um, Baltimore uh, off balance. Uh, it was a great performance, and Liriano uh, pitched really well as, as well. And I think going back a few weeks, this is the thing that I identified that made me feel kind of confident about the Blue Jays, at least early through the playoffs, is You know, if they needed to play themselves into uh, the postseason, which they did, uh, and then come back uh, with pitchers who are their three, four, five pitchers um, early on in the playoffs, that there isn't actually a great drop off. And, and, you know, we saw that last night with their number three pitcher, I guess, essentially, um, in Marco Estrada having a brilliant game uh, for the Blue Jays and, and, uh, if they need to go back with uh, either Liriato or, or, or Stroman in this series, I think people can feel pretty confident about it.
0: That's Sportsnet's Tao of Steve here with us on Around the Diamond. And, of course, I want to go back to one last question in that wildcard game. One thing that is uh, kind of getting on my nerves a little bit is how Buck Walter didn't go out and use Zach Britton. Um, I feel I'm, I'm old style. I mean, I, I'm old style, Tao. And I will say that I, I like to use your closer when you need to have him in. Uh, when you're winning by one or two uh, and you need to close out the ball game. I think at that point when Jimenez was struggling, uh, he wasn't throwing his usual 94-95 with movement on his fastball. He was pretty much throwing balloons to uh, the Blue Jays hitters. I think that's when it was time to bring him in. But do you do you kind of say, well, you know what? They should have used Zach Britton at least once in that game because at that point I think they had used all their best relievers in that they were waiting to take the lead against the uh, the Blue Jays bullpen.
3: Yeah, they they absolutely should have used Britain at some point in that game, and yes. uh, and and I think uh, probably the inning before uh, was uh, the time to do it. I mean, the Blue Jays' best hitters were coming up uh, in extra innings. If they score a run, the Blue Jays win, and you know you you need to get past those those key hitters. You need to get past Donaldson and. and Batista and, and Encarnacion with the best pitcher that you have and and to me I, I don't understand the reason why now I think people speculated that possibly that Britain had hurt himself but Britain has said no that's not the case so to me the save stat is one of the the dumbest stats in baseball yeah. uh, I, I, and I really like I really love the way that uh, uh, that uh, Tito Francona uh, used his bullpen last night in the uh, Cleveland-Boston game, which was uh, a one-run lead in the fifth or sixth inning, and they send out Andrew Miller, who I think rivals Zach Britton as one of the best uh, the the best couple of relievers in baseball. Uh, he was out there really early in the game, and followed up by uh, the the uh, Cleveland's closer as well, um, and and so I think. In some ways, playing to the save stat uh, is a thing that gets baseball teams in into trouble and i, I just think uh, to me I, I cannot possibly explain why it is that uh, showalter didn't have uh, Britain out there and and to be honest with you, uh, you know the Blue Jays players have all said they were looking down and waiting for Britain to come out and and he was in their head even though he didn't get in the game,
0: yeah. Uh, you're right about that. So do you think as if you're sitting in Buck Walter's shoes, or if you can look into Buck Walter's mind, does he regret it at this point?
3: Uh, well, who knows what happens in Buck Walter's mind. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, uh, he is the genius. He's the smartest man in baseball, I think, in his own mind, and I'm sure that he has a rationale for this, and, and maybe some of that is a front, and he does have some element of regret, but you know, I'm sure that Buck Showalter, for as many games as he's won, he's lost almost as many. And so I'm sure that uh, losing a game occasionally, uh, even a big one like this, is probably not something that's going to uh, phase him that terribly.
0: Well, he's been around for, uh, I believe, 20 years, if I'm, not, if I'm correct about that. I'm not too sure. I uh, wasn't watching baseball because I was only born in 1997, so I will have to say that. That's I guess he was probably managing uh, when you were a kid at least. Um, uh,
3: well, you you probably missed him on uh, when he was on an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> probably would have been 1995 as the uh, Yankees manager.
0: Oh, I only remember him when he was with Texas in like 2004. That was the that was the first time I ever knew of uh, yeah. Buck Showalter. But of course, uh, there's this. Thing that's almost been a distraction to the Toronto Blue Jays, not only the organization, but to the team. It's when a fan went out and threw a, I guess you could say, a Miller Lite onto the field and almost hit uh, Kim, the left fielder for the Baltimore Orioles. Good thing it didn't hit him, of course. We don't want to ever see that kind of stuff happen. But I think at this point, we don't want to go too much into it, but I think at this point it's kind of getting blown out of proportion and that it's almost been a distraction to the Blue Jays. Of course, they did win yesterday 10-1 to over the Rangers, which is a good sign But I do think that it's almost been sort of a distraction to the Blue Jays, not only the organization, but just uh, the playoff run.
3: I mean, it certainly has been uh, a story that has grabbed attention. And at the same time, it's not necessarily a bad thing that so much focus is being put on this in the sense of I really hope that people, even if they are inebriated and not thinking straight uh, and and fired up and charged up about a, a baseball game, that it crosses their mind that they could potentially have their lives ruined if they do something stupid like throw Mm -hmm. something on the field or run on the field. Um, You know, to me, one of the things is that not only are there all the cameras uh, from the baseball broadcast that are present, but there's also probably uh, in – uh, a stadium of fifty thousand. There's probably about forty-nine thousand nine hundred uh, cell phone cameras there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I really do hope that fans police themselves a little bit more. Um, that people don't uh, shrug off some of this bad behavior. Um, you know, there, uh, the game five of the of the LDS last year, there were there were many things that were thrown on the field. Uh, Going back maybe eight, nine, ten years, uh, they had to stop giving out certain things uh, at uh, the opening day for the Blue Jays because people would start launching them onto the field. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, there's some poor behaviour that happens in Toronto, and what I'd really like to see is uh, rather than us focusing on the one or two or ten people who, uh, who, who behave poorly, um, I'd like to see you know the forty nine thousand people in the stadium uh, who who love baseball, who love the Blue Jays, and who really uh, who really care about the reputation of Toronto um, to to police some of that and to uh, let people know that it's not cool, it's not okay, and especially too with some of the racial slurs that uh, were apparently being tossed out uh, as well. I mean, it really has to be place where people should be able to feel comfortable uh, going to a game and uh, unfortunately i think that there are some people who take it as an opportunity to let their their worst uh, parts of their personality come out
0: well you also remember the atlanta braves i believe it was a, just five years ago they had it was a air or an infield fly rule i can't really remember i was i would think i was in like grade eight um, and they have end, ended up throwing a whole bunch of stuff on the field. So at the end of the day, this has happened before. But I want to move on and ask you about Marco Estrada's start in Game 1 against the Texas Rangers. He uh, has a 195 uh, postseason ERA. That is second all-time list in Blue Jays history. Of course, number one is Tom Hankey, the great closer uh, that we all remembered in the uh, 1992 World Series for the Blue Jays. And of course, uh, you would that probably from your childhood as well. We're going back a little farther there. Um so Estrada, great start for him. Did we expect him to do this? I thought that he was going to do something not as crazy as this, but I thought I was going to be around, you know, 7 innings, 1 to 2 runs allowed and he was definitely going to shut the door.
3: I mean, I don't think that you ever necessarily expect a a a great performance. You always hope for it, but you know, Marco had struggled down the stretch and and you know, the first time that I saw him pitch this year, he was pitching a simulated game to try and get himself back into shape in, the, in spring training, um, and I think that his back has been an issue uh, from March on, and I, I think it flames up and then it goes away. But, you know, one of the things about Estrada is that I think that he has such a great disposition to pitch in the playoffs in the sense that he really seems a little bit blase about it. and His goal is, I'm just going to go out. I'm going to look at the sign. I'm going to focus on the glove. I'm not going to worry too much about the moment or the player that I'm playing against or or, or what have you. That I'm just going to go out and execute my pitches. And I think that uh, this is two straight playoff games deep in the heart of Texas, where he's really come in and and had uh, an outstanding start and. You know what an amazing story. I mean, this is a guy who was brought to Toronto with the notion that maybe he could be a fifth or sixth starter or a swing man, but some sort of a reliever, and mm. he's really emerged as as I think uh, a vital part of um, a vital part of the rotation. And, and frankly, he's going to I think be kind of a legendary Blue Jay from now on.
0: So pretty good trade, Adam Lynn for Marco Estrada.
3: That, I mean, absolutely. And, and <laughs> Lind became a platoon partner uh, in Seattle by this year. So, you know, I always liked Adam Lind as a player. I had my frustrations with him, but I think the Blue Jays certainly uh, made out really well on that trade.
0: Well, he does uh, struggle against left-handed hitting, and uh, that's the reason why they eventually traded him for a uh, swingman at the time. He has developed into, a, as you mentioned before, a number 3 starter. What a performance for Marco Estrada. And uh, that's going to wrap up this interview. Tao, pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for all your insight, and we'll talk to you soon.
3: Okay, Dante, talk to you soon.
0: Hi, this is Billy Horn from the Ottawa Champions Baseball Club, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Ottawa's new music joined with me in studio. I guess you could say my co-host for today's show is Adron Chambers of the Ottawa Champions and uh, former St. Louis Cardinal. Adron, welcome to the show and happy to have you here.
1: I'm glad to be here, get me out the house to to do something, get some fresh air. Well, how, how, what do you think of the college? What do you think of the campus? Oh, it's real nice, you know. Uh, I spent two years in Mississippi State, so I really didn't get the full, you know, uh, experience of, of the college life. So uh, just sitting outside on the steps out there kind of brought back some memories, and uh, it's a beautiful place, man. Canada itself is a
0: beautiful place. It's a nice place to go to school as well, but uh, of course... Uh, you had mentioned to me before off mic that you had watched the Blue Jays' big wild card game against the Baltimore Orioles. But there was one thing that happened in that game that kind of uh, has brought the attention towards, I think it's been a little bit of a distraction. It's how uh, that Miller Light was thrown on the field, almost hit one of the outfielders of the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Now, of course, you've been in these situations before, Adron. And I want to kind of intro things by asking you about your time in 2012 mm-hmm. against the Atlanta Braves. It was a wild card game, I believe. Is that correct? What is was was it a Miller Light? Did they did they describe the beer as being okay? I got you. It was the Miller. Well, they had said I thought it was a Red Bull. Okay, <laughs> but it was a Miller Light. And so um, in 2012, okay. it was a pop fly just above the infield. It was Pete Cosma, one-year-old boys, a shortstop with the uh, Cardinals. For uh, listeners that that don't remember him. Uh, He had some clutch hits, by the way. But also, just to stay on that topic, Cosma had let the ball fall, I believe, between the left field. It was Matt Holliday in left field at that point. They had called it an infield fly. The run didn't come in to score. You guys ended up winning that game. And the game was kind of shut down for about half an hour, as you mentioned before, uh, because the Braves fans were pouring the field with beers and bottles and food and everything. And you guys uh, ended up winning the game, but... Definitely a situation that you that you can talk about there because you know how how it's been before.
1: Right. Uh, well, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I think they said that he, that my man went to jail that dude threw the beer. Uh, you know, I ain't really big on jail time or nothing like that. But at the same time, what he did was, you know, kind of out of character. He shouldn't have Shouldn't have done nothing like that. No matter if he was a a a fan of the Blue Jays or or the Orioles, you know what I'm saying. You you never know. You don't want to put a player's you know health at at stake like that. You know what I mean. You never know what can happen. But yeah, that did happen. It was like a it was an infield fly rule. Uh, Pete actually, you know, it was a it was an easy you know fly ball for him to catch. But I think when he heard the steps of Matt Holiday, that he kind of you know bailed bailed out the way. You know, but uh, that was very much a pivotal uh, point of the game because, you know, if if that play stands, that ball falls, they have men on base, you know, they got a a, a chance to win. And then emotions start going away as soon as that play changed to the infield fly rule. And, uh you know, the fans, they weren't having that, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I seen bottles, I'm talking about glass bottles, it looked like, you know, mm-hmm. coming from all directions. And, yeah, it took about 30, 45 minutes for them to clean, a, clean it off, I mean, clean the field off and... And uh, it was it was kind of one of those experiences, uh, especially being in a stadium atmosphere like that. It was almost like one of those, you know, Roman-type, you know, movies that you watch. Like, <laughs> watching all that stuff, you know, uh, uh, come on the field, bats. And you thought every, you thought people was going to start jumping on the field, ready to fight. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, we got the win. Uh, it was an unfortunate call for the Braves, uh, Chipper Jones last season. You know, it was a lot of stuff. I had a lot of emotions, you know what I'm saying, going through that game. And uh, it was actually... Uh, one that I still remember to this day, you know what I'm saying, because of it was the first, you know, uh, when the uh, wild cards just came about, you know what I mean. So it was kind of a, it's kind of a, a, a moment for me that I think about all the time. But yeah, uh, I've been I've been I've been there, done that, and uh, hopefully that kind of stuff kind of get out of the way. But you know, at the same time, when you got fans that's coming to you know to to root for your team. You know, it's, it's almost just like us on the field. Anything goes, you know what I mean. You're not thinking about you know hurting somebody I don't think he was necessarily thinking about hurting the guy when he when he threw the the, the uh the Miller light on the field yeah. it was more he was trying to distract him yep. but you know being you know what I'm saying ignorant of knowing what could happen you know if he turned his head looking at that bottle that ball hit him in his face his career might be gone you know yeah what I mean? you don't so want that. you don't want things like that you know I'm mean? at the same time I don't want
0: the man to do no jail time but you know what I'm saying? He does need to be punished for his actions. And what people are saying is actually he's from the media, so he was working for a newspaper as well. So that's even worse because his career could be, you know, almost down the drain at that point.
1: Really? I mean, uh um uh, I mean, I'm trying if he working for what is he doing back there in the stands back there then? Why I mean, don't know. Yeah, he should have been reporting something. But at the same time, you know, you don't want that kind of stuff to happen, man, and you know, whatever happens to him, I hope he kind of, you know what I'm saying, uh, learn. I hope he's able to come back and watch some Blue Jays uh, baseball because, you know, I really think they're on a the tear right now. They had a good game yesterday. And uh, it's going to be fun to be in Toronto when
0: they come back. So, of course, Adron, uh, the Blue Jays are on a pretty big run right now. And Canada is uh, going pretty bananas. You had a chance to be a part of the Blue Jays, uh, but in AAA with the Buffalo Bisons, uh, you played with a lot of the guys that are on the roster right now, Ryan Goins. Uh, being one of them, I believe. No, Devin Travis wasn't there at that time. But is there any? Is there any guys on the team right now yet? Pilar, played with? Pilar, uh,
1: Sanchez. I, I talked to him the other day. Um, man, the list goes on. I, I said in uh, in he came down. Uh, man, I was only there for a couple months, but uh, a couple the, months. The, the the lefty pitcher with the glasses. What's his name? Uh, Cecil. Cecil. He was there. Uh, it was a lot of castmen man, that came in. They, they have some great, great players, you know what I'm saying, for the Blue Jays. They kind of remind me of the of the Cubs a little bit, having all of that young talent, you know what I mean, and then having a little bit of the uh, veteran experience in uh, Batista and a couple of those other cats, uh, Tula Whiskey. But at the end of the day, yeah, I was in Buffalo with them. And uh, even now, you know, Aaron Sanchez, he was phenomenal there, so I can only – imagine what he gonna do uh, in game three I think he's
0: pitching yep yeah. yeah Aaron Sanchez in game three and uh you had a chance to watch him from behind which right. is the best view playing center field and uh, the outfield as well with the Buffalo Bisons I mean what kind of stuff does this guy it, got
1: it was the confidence I don't necessarily you know me being a player I don't necessarily think I mean you throw 95 100 miles per hour you know that's hard you know I really don't even mm-hmm. think it's, it's more of the, the demeanor or the conviction you know what I'm saying the the attitude towards throwing that ball, like it's, it to me it's different, you know, when Chapman is throwing <laughs> 100 miles per hour and uh, uh, Kim uh, guy for the the Braves, what's his name, the closer for Craig the Braves. Krimble, yeah. but he's with the Red Sox now. With the Red Sox now, okay, yeah, he is with the Red Sox now. Yeah. But you know what I mean? To me, I mean, I'm not trying to take none away from either one of them, but it's just it's just a different kind of, you know, different kind of power attitude towards you know being in that box, you know what I mean? So. He had that, and uh, it was it was a pleasure to play behind him because you knew that, you know, he was going to give you everything he had. And as a player, as a teammate, that's all you look for in your team, your manager, your coaches, is is them giving everything that they got into the game.
0: Now, the Blue Jays' closer is Roberto Osuna. You definitely had a chance to play with him, I believe, whether it was in spring training or in AAA because he had got called up a few times, and he was 18 years old mm-hmm. when you first saw him. Mm-hmm. What kind of a guy was he what, was he then then now? How is that stuff translated from the minor leagues at sixteen to the way he is at twenty?
1: I think I just I, I remember seeing him in uh in spring. Uh, but I mean you know, these, these these cats, you talking about cats, I mean nowadays, man, these cats, you know, with the workouts that we have and the strength all this stuff that they can take to get strong and stuff like that, man, these cats throwing a hundred with no problem. You know what I mean? So <laughs> It's hard to even grade it because, you know, you see it all the time. You know, when I go to Venezuela, when I go to Colombia, when I've I've been to Puerto Rico, you know, it's cats over there throwing a hundred. But it's about the attitude, you know, just like that bat. I I tell you, yesterday when I watched that game, uh, Texas, I only watched a little bit of it because I had to go uh, run some errands. But watching the game, you kind of seen that – the Blue Jays were about business from the pitcher to the hitting. It was, I mean, Donaldson went four for four yesterday, and it wasn't no four home runs. It was basics hits that you don't see all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? Going the other way, getting the man over. You know what I mean? Those, those are the little things that a playoff atmosphere, when you're focused and concentrating, that's what it brings out of you. It brings more than just what can I do. It's about what. Do I do for my teammates? You know what yeah. I mean. Whatever I can do. And uh, Estrada, man, that was a wonderful game by him. I wish he could have finished that thing. But I mean, I mean, when you want to win a World Series, it's things that come with that, man. And and right now, they look like they have it.
0: Now, of course, the Boston Red Sox played the Cleveland Indians, and wonderful game too. Yeah, you you know about the Red Sox quite a bit. You were with the Cardinals in 2013, going to your second World Series. Unfortunately, you guys ended up losing. And it was Big Poppy right. that really uh,
1: destroyed us. He destroyed you. I yeah. guess we can say that, right? I remember right. he came down to first base. Me and Rafael for was on the on the bench for Fakal call? For and yeah. uh, uh, he was hurt then, but. Poppy, they walked. We walked him, and he walked to first base, and he looked at for and he said, "I'm gonna hit a double off the wall. My next at bat, and I promise you, hit a line drive that didn't go high, no higher than <laughs> the, the Blue Jays' second baseman. You know what I mean? And, and it hit the wall. It was unbelievable to watch. And that's really what's gonna gonna be very, very him and Mookie is they gonna be very. I, I I seen him hitting third yesterday, which was kind of I thought he was all he always hit behind, uh, Ortiz, but they going to need David O.T. He didn't have a good game yesterday at all. But they have other guys that's kind of picking it up for him, you know. So if David can pick it up, you know what I mean, it's going to be – that's going to – Indians, man, them guys right there, they just – they look like – they they kind of look like uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers a little bit, you know, yeah. with the confidence, you know what I mean. I don't know, maybe LeBron didn't kind of – you know, gave them that or give, you know what I'm saying, that kind of inspiration or whatever. And I ain't taking, like I said, nothing away from those guys because they can play all of them. But they they look like they got the juice right now, man. And, uh, yeah, this is going to be a fun playoff uh, playoffs to watch.
0: And now Boston's been picked to win the World Series uh, a few times by, you know, some some people, some writers out there. You know that organization firsthand just from playing against them in the World Series and what they're all about. Mm-hmm. They have passion. Their fans are amazing. Can you speak of the Boston organization just, you know, right here and just from having played against them?
1: Well, I got a couple of friends that that was on the team. Um, uh, Not nah, even. Alan know,
0: Craig. Carl Crawford, Alan Craig. Um, uh,
1: but at the same time, it's like, you know, I I, I never got a chance to to, to play for Boston. But you know they're real passionate, like the Yankees and the Cubs and the Car They're real passionate about their baseball. So you know it's like when when Carr was there, you know, you know he had his struggles sometime, and you know we all know he's a great baseball player. Oh yeah. And uh, you know you seen them boo. You know what I mean? You seen them boo guys? You like what? They they boo. You know what I'm saying? But you know being in that atmosphere in 2011 when they beat us, I mean 13 when they beat us, it was uh it was kind of nice to see because the park is beautiful, but at the same time. Uh, the fans are, they are very, very passionate about their game and then being uh, in that area, Boston area, you know what I mean? And, and that's all they go for, you know what I mean? It's like no slack, you know, give us what you got, we expect to win right now, you know, not next year, I don't care what the record is, we in the playoffs, we expect to win a World Series. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure that every team goes out with that kind of attitude, but having, you know, the Yankees having all of those World Series, that kind of gives them a, you know, a little edge to, of knowing, you know, what to experience or what to expect uh in entering these uh these big games like this. So uh they have a they have an edge obviously because, you know, they have David with the wins and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you got some young cats, man, that's 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 they want that throne. You know what I mean? They want that throne. So, uh it's gonna be fun to watch. Man. I'm, I'm ready to watch the Cubs too.
0: Now Adron, you felt October baseball before. You know what these guys are feeling right now. Yeah. And I want to ask you if you could put something into the listeners' head right now, or into their brain, of what it feels like to play in October baseball—the cold, the cold air, the fans, the the atmosphere, and just how everything kind of changes just in a snap of your fingers from the regular season to the playoffs.
1: I heard Estrada say yesterday he had an interview yeah yesterday and uh, they would ask him, you know. How, how is he going to approach, you know, th- this game? And he gave a simple answer, you know what I mean? He was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out there just like, you know, any other game. And when you say it, you know, that easy, player like me, I can understand where he come from. You know, relax. You know what I'm saying? Do your thing. Don't try to hit, you know, a three-run home run with nobody on base. You know what I'm saying?
0: Nah. <laughs> but at
1: the same time, it's like, you know, it is a, 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 a attention to detail. You know what I mean. You have to pay attention to every single pitch. I remember Tony Russo used to tell us that all the time uh, in St. Louis. He used to say, you know, the guy that that does, that gives away the least amount of pitches. You know, whether it's a at bat or playing on defense. You know, you can't give an, a pitch away. You know what I mean. So most definitely. You know, you got, you got the cold weather and all that kind of stuff. But you, when you paying attention and you're into the game, the game kind of gives you what you need. So uh, it's really – it's upon yourself to trust what you have. Uh, you know, uh, Strom, Strom – uh, the, the, he pitched the wild card game. Stroman. Stroman. He had – especially those first three innings. You can see the confidence. But, you know, when he gave up that one – right before he gave up that home run – You can kind of see, you know, his demeanor change a little bit. You know, I was watching a couple weeks ago the uh, Detroit Tigers and uh, Bob Gibson in the 68 World Series. (laughs) But you can see when Bob, when when they got a hit off of him, it's almost like he got madder, you know what I mean? (laughs) You ain't supposed to get no hit off of me. And that's what you want in Strom because he has great ability. He's confident. If he keeps that type of attitude, you know, I don't care if you get a hit off of me i let you do that not know what i'm saying but having the confidence to go out there and know that you only gonna do what i allow you to do i got this ball type attitude you know what i mean and dennis martinez one of the greatest pitchers you know i know He, he used to say that all the time conviction you know what i mean you have that attitude and that's that's a playoff atmosphere a playoff atmosphere is a pitcher that goes on the mound Knowing that I'm about to shove this ball down your throat, you know what I mean? Nicely, you know what I'm saying? Not no disrespect, but I'm about to make you earn what you get, and that's a play playoff atmosphere because you know those other nine guys are the, aside from the catcher, you know, you know, Pilar might not get one ball hit to him the whole game, but he has to be focused. Yeah, he has to be ready at all times. He's a pretty good defender. He's a wonderful. I mean, I didn't even when I was with him in Buffalo, man. I didn't see that. No, you know, he, he'd make. I mean, I seen it. But he's making catches like, it's, it's look too easy. That
0: time. was you back in your young days, huh? No, I, I'm
1: still young. What you talking about, boy? You know what I'm saying? I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm feeling better than I ever felt. I can't wait to get back out there, man. I had a lot of fun in Ottawa, man. But, you know, I work every day, and uh, hopefully I get a, I get that uh, chance to, you know, kind of get back up there and win another World Series with somebody.
0: That's going to do it for the October 8th edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Ottawa's new music. I'm running down with a little bit of a cold. That's going to wrap this one up. Adron, a pleasure having you on the show. It was awesome to have you here. Talk about some of your memories, but also to to co-host the show and interview Albert Cartwright and uh, to talk about some of the things going on in the major leagues. It was absolutely a blast. Thank you so much for listening to Around the Diamond. You can follow me on Twitter, Diamond uh, Dante Audio is my SoundCloud, or you can follow myself on Twitter, uh, Diamond underscore Dante Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.